Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. I think where I want to start today is with our Thanksgiving joke. And oh my gosh, I got to tell you, it's a stinker. I'll, I'll warn you right up front. But I think it's a good place to start because it illustrates one aspect of gratitude that maybe we just need to do something about. So the joke is called the Thanksgiving Blessing. A week before Thanksgiving, a fellow in Phoenix calls his son in New York and tells him, Son, I'm really sorry, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are splitting up. I just can't put on this show anymore. There's no worse feeling than being alone when you're supposed to be sharing your life with someone else. Well, the son is freaked out, tries to talk sense to his father. Pop, what are you talking about? And the father replies, we just can't be together anymore. There's nobody around here to support either of us in making this huge decision. But honestly, I'm sick of talking about this. I'm sick of being with your mother. Would you please do me a favor? Would you call your sister in Chicago and just tell her what's going on? Well, the father then hangs up. And the son frantically calls his sister, who's equally distraught and freaked out. She exclaims, like heck, they're getting divorced. Leave this to me. I'll take care of it. So she calls the father. But he just sits by the phone, refuses to answer. His wife notices and says, what's with the phone, honey? Why are you just letting it ring? Just confirmation for Thanksgiving, dear. What a blessing. I'm sure everyone will be home. And so that is one way of getting your blessings, right? To actively court them, to find the goodness through even a a, a little, shall we say, lying and cheating. And it's interesting, we're using Diana Butler Bass's book, Grateful, this month. And she does talk about one aspect of gratitude as being that quid pro quo gratitude, where I'll do something for you, but there's an understanding that you'll do something for me back. And sometimes that involves some cajoling and, uh, and other activities that aren't necessarily our, our gifts of freedom. They're not necessarily us wholeheartedly sharing what's good in our life with others when there is that expectation of the fruits coming back to us of something in return. And Diana Butler Bass talks about this idea of giving the blessing. And you'll remember we've even had a couple of homework assignments this month, one around doing meal blessings. And last week we were introduced to the idea of invocations and benedictions, which are yet another form of blessings. So I've been encouraging you to do blessings all this month, but but what is a blessing? What what is one of those gracious blessings? Not something that we've had to um, what do I want to say? Had to to work at getting, but rather one that we just literally can absorb the blessings of the world around us. Well, I think I want to follow this up with a quiz. And for those of you who are quiz shy, let me make it even worse. This is a a quiz on your knowledge of the Bible. So towards the end of the book, Diana Butler Bass does an interesting parody of one of my favorite Bible quotations. So let me read her parody 
and see if you can guess what part of the Bible she's making a little bit of modern-day fun at. She says, Blessed are the rich, for they own the best stuff. Blessed are the sexy and the glamorous, for everyone desires them. Blessed are the power, for they shall have the control of the kingdoms of earth. Blessed are those who get everything they ever wanted. They alone shall be satisfied in the kingdom of heaven. And finally, she says, Blessed are the famous, for their reward is eternal life. So what do you think of that? So certainly it's a parody of a very famous quotation from the Bible. Many of you I know are going, wait a minute, that sounds like the Beatitudes. That sounds like the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And you're right. But why do you think that the author we're using this month is poking fun of our modern day views on these subjects? Well, it's because she thinks that we've gone kind of cockeyed from the idea of what a blessing really is. She believes that instead of seeing God as our source of all good, she says we're leaving that up to outside agencies these days, right? That it's, it's having the most money that brings the blessing. It's having the most likes on Facebook that brings the most blessings. That, that it is truly the rich and the powerful who are the only ones who can provide a blessing. And, and what is interesting, of course, is she's harking back to a centuries old idea of where blessings come from. So the Beatitudes, of course, uh, Jesus is presenting this at the beginning of the Roman Empire to, uh, to his followers. And where, during that time, in biblical times, do blessings come from? More typically, they're coming from figures of authority. If you go back to the emperors of Rome, or, or even earlier than that, when the Jewish people were enslaved in ancient Egypt, where did the blessings come? Where did the source of, of really all material good come from? Well, it was from the, the king. It was from the, uh, in the case of Rome, uh, from the emperor. And those figureheads were treated as though they were gods. In fact, in ancient Egypt, the pharaohs were called gods. And so here we're getting a little bit of twist on things, right? We're no longer saying that our good should be coming from the authorities here on earth, but rather a higher authority. And that's the purpose of, of Jesus and his seminal teachings on the mount is that there is a higher authority, there is a, a higher place that is the source of all good, that we do not need to look towards material gain in order to feel blessed. We don't need to be rich to be blessed. We don't need to have a certain kind of employment or a certain kind of lifestyle that the blessing truly is here for all of us if we can open up our hearts in such a way that this can happen. So let me read from Matthew 5, and this is the introduction to his Sermon on the Mount. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, if you read a little later in Matthew, the crowd was astounded. The crowd couldn't believe what they were hearing because of that previous material that I talked about. The crowd were used to their blessings coming from the emperor. They were used to their blessings trickling down through a system of slavery and indenture that meant really their wages, their means of life, their belonging to a trade or whatever it was, was uh, predilected on the emperor being okay with that. The, the people who were in charge allowing that no one had their own land, no one had the ability to set up their own business unless it was okay with the authorities in the town that you were in. So the idea here that Jesus would just say, no, 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 wait a minute, all of you are blessed and there is a higher authority at work here, not just the state in which you live in, not just the civil authorities here, Truly, God blesses you. The other thing I want to point out is he's not saying that there is any particular need to be poor in spirit, to mourn, to be meek, right? He's just saying that those people have equal access to the blessing. So so this isn't about throwing away all your worldly goods so that finally you can get a blessing. No, he's saying that no matter who we are, no matter what our station in life, even this list of people who are so clearly disenfranchised, he's saying that they too are absolutely worthy of and may receive the blessings of God. Well, this was extraordinary, and no doubt people were shocked. It was the complete opposite of the way their worldview worked. And I have to say, it's not unlike that worldview that Diana Butler Bass portrayed in her her send-up of the Beatitudes, right? Here in America today, well, really throughout the world, we tend to think once again, like in olden times, that our blessing is, a, is based on our social security checks or, or the income we receive from outside force, the company we work for, or, or some other means. We tend to think that our blessing comes from the amount of good that we can accumulate our arms around or, or have in our bank accounts. We tend to think that our blessing is dependent upon people and outside forces. And I'm here to tell you, like someone did 2,000 years ago, that our blessings come from God. That truly, we are blessed. Now, the other thing about the Sermon on the Mount, and you'll notice it was billed not as a sermon by the person writing Matthew, right? He was billing it as a teaching moment. He says his disciples came to him and he began to teach them, not so much an inspirational talk, but rather a, a teaching moment. Because if you follow on with the Sermon on the Mount, what does Jesus, the master teacher, do? He tells us how we may receive 
the blessings of God. It isn't just that we all deserve it. That's covered in the Beatitudes. That, that's clearly the, the message, the, the promise, if you will, that there is good for us and we shall have it. And then he goes on with the rest of the Sermon on the Mount to tell us how we might accomplish that, to tell us how we can use the good grace of God to enrich our lives. And guess what? It's not that hard. It's actually pretty simple. The rest of the Sermon on the Mount is telling people to be good citizens. The rest of the Sermon on the Mount is about us, what we can do to really bring down not only the blessings upon ourselves, but upon society in general. It's very interesting. He tells followers to remain salty or true to themselves and to the teachings that he's giving. He tells them not to hide their light, but to be willing to go out in the world and illustrate more of these teachings to bring the light not only to themselves, but to the world. He tells them to, to shine brightly. He tells them also to be agreeable with one another. He tells them to treat women better. He tells people not to lie or to cheat. Remember my, my terrible joke? It's like our blessings shouldn't come that way. Our blessings are based on truth, righteousness, and kindness. He reminds people that blessings come from God, not from other humans, not ultimately from the state that we live in or society. He reminds us that we also have a responsibility in seeing the blessings and in circulating the blessings. It's a very interesting sermon or, or teaching moment. He basically is telling people it is through our virtues through being honest, through being kind, through allowing reciprocity to be the nature of things, not to coerce our blessing, but literally to give away our, our hearts, our, our means, our goods, in order for the reciprocity of spirit to bring them back to us. He continues on that vein for some time, explaining that for us to see a blessing we must first become a blessing. You know, it's interesting because, of course, that's one of the primary teachings also of the science of mind of Ernest Holmes, that reciprocal nature of the universe, that what we wish to experience, we must freely give away. If we wish to feel blessed in our own lives, we need to be the blessing to others. And in Jesus's teaching, this couldn't be any simpler itself than to be kind to one another, to treat each other well. The, the golden rule is restated, of course, in the Sermon on the Mount. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That idea of, of true kindness, of extending a hand of friendship to people, even where it is unwanted. He talks about being willing not to just walk with a mile with someone, but to go even further, go beyond where we're naturally inclined to be kind to people to be compassionate to people. And this, he says, is what fuels that blessing. This, our simple kindness, our simple honesty, our simple willingness to be there for one another, this, this is what powers 
that idea of blessing. This is what allows God to, to reinforce that goodness and, and give it back to us, to fill our cup to overflowing with even more blessings because we, in our willingness, so freely give of ourselves. And so, uh, and so it's not, of course, how many likes you have on Facebook. Uh, it, it's making me laugh a little bit because I know many of you are watching this right now on Facebook, right? It's not the, the medium that's important here. It truly is this message of graciousness in the world. When he goes over in the Beatitudes, this list of those people who have been silenced, who have been put on the back burner, these people who have been disenfranchised, the poor in spirit, uh, those who are mourning, the meek, the, the hungry and thirsty for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, and so on. These people, like all people, have full access to God's blessing. Each of us, in our willingness to serve one another, to show kindness to one another, to be able to stand up for one another, to allow other voices to be heard when they have been disenfranchised, this truly is the secret not only of being a blessing to others, but this opens up the blessings of God itself. This month, you know, we've been talking about different levels of gratitude. We started out the very first week talking about the idea of, of being grateful for the things that are brought into your life personally by other people. And so gratitude for our friends and for our family and how they show up and, and how they're part of our, our love life and our circle of friendships and so on. That ability to internally see that someone has given you something and that feeling wells up on you in gratitude. And then we moved on to talk about how does that work in families? How does that play out in our circle of friends? And can we even involve our circle of friends in finding more of the we gratitude, as Diana Butler Bass calls it, that the idea that there is gratitude for all of us, not, not just for me. And you'll remember last week we even talked about how we can invite the people that we know to feel more gratitude through the idea of a blessing. Well, the ultimate blessing is the blessings that are always here, always available from God's good grace. The ultimate we blessing, the ultimate of, of me sensing that the world is for me, never against me, and that truly I can be grateful for everything. This is that celestial blessing. The idea that we are always blessed and all we have to do is be aware of it. All we have to do is look for it. All we have to do is, is shift our consciousness just a little so that we see that 99% of the world that is so right and so wholesome and so kind. Now I know we're getting all kinds of messages from the world right now that we're in trouble that the political system has gone bankrupt, that global warming is spiraling out of control and that we'll never be able to take it back. We're being told that a virus is wrecking havoc on the world and that we're all doomed. <laughs> Isn't it true? Doesn't it feel like we're in the middle of the zombie apocalypse or something? If you were just to listen to some of the news stories and, and, and some of what goes on on social media... And yet, 
And yet those blessings promised by God, those blessings that Jesus so beautifully articulated in uh, the book of Matthew, that has not changed. We may be ever more aware because of the media of the things that are going wrong in the world, but I'm here to tell you, it's still a drop in the celestial bucket. There is still an infinity of good for us, an infinity of ways that our hearts can be filled with gratitude if we but look for it. Now I have a a, a bit of homework for you this week. If we wish to be blessed, we have to be the blessing. And so your homework this week is to see the ways in which you are a blessing and for you to see the ways in which you are not a blessing. Has your heart perhaps become hardened to certain people or certain ways of being? Has your kindness level maybe diminished towards certain segments of society? Have you perhaps taken up a kind of ruthlessness or a kind of unkind behavior towards certain people or certain groups of people. If you wish to truly be blessed, to truly feel blessed, we have to be that blessing that Jesus talked about. We have to be willing to be compassionate towards all, even those people that he classified as our enemies. We're invited to show compassion. We're invited to show friendliness and kindness. This is how that friendliness and kindness gets returned to us through this divine law of reciprocity. We must be it if we wish to see it. And so your homework this week is simple. As you're going through the week, just evaluate your own level of compassion your own level of kindness towards others, your own ability to see beyond some of the things that look like they're going wrong in the world and to seek out with your family and friends and society at large a way to be kinder and softer, to treat one another better. This is ultimately the secret for Spirit's blessings upon us all, how we treat one another is amplified in terms of how spirit treats us. Well, I want to summarize here. Today we've taken a look at God's willingness to bless us all as carefully spoken through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. We've talked about up-leveling our gratitude out of the personal and into a, a wider planetary kind of gratitude, being grateful for the many blessings that God so willingly gives to all of us. Truly, it is God's good pleasure to provide for us all richly, as we look for it, and as we become that mirror, as we we put out our own blessing, the blessing is magnified and returned to us. We also study Jesus' essential message from the Beatitudes and his primary teachings of good behavior. Nothing more complicated than good behavior. Yes, if we follow a few tips on kindness and compassion and treating each other well, the heavens themselves open up in a true and lavish display of blessing. 
So I'm going to close with a, a quote from the book and, uh, and a prayer. She says, Gratefulness grounds our lives in the world and with each other. It always locates the gifts and grace that accompany our way. Gratitude is an emotion, but gratitude is also an ethical way of life. It is a disposition, an awareness, a set of habits, but ultimately gratitude is a place. Perhaps it is the place where we find our truest and best selves. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence. Only this one thing, only this one blessing. And what I know about God as a blessing is that that blessing is given freely to everyone. Every person, every place, everything, every situation on this planet has access truly to the blessing of spirit. I know that means me. I know as we enter into the Thanksgiving holiday, I'm feeling so very blessed. Blessed in my home and hearth, blessed in good food, blessed in the riches so gloriously bestowed on me and and my loved ones through the grace of God. And so I extend that blessing to everyone, everyone on this planet, regardless of how they may feel, regardless of what might be perceived as disenfranchisement. What I know is that the blessings are still there. It's not based on wealth. It's not based on hierarchy. It's not based on who has the most or who does the most. Each of us equally blessed in the consciousness of God. And so for this week, I I claim that each of us has the ability to open our eyes to receive that blessing, the ability to look around and see all of the good, not only the good currently here for us, but also the good waiting as we bring our own lives into that, that greater alignment with spirit, that greater alignment with kindness and decency, truly the heavens open up in the biggest blessing of all. For this I give thanks. For this I am aware of the blessings of the world itself. I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, 
You are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.